Hey guys, Pastor Daniel here with uh, another fireside chat. Uh, we we're, we're on this topic of friendship, Christian friendship, and uh, I really I want to look at what kind of is unique about Christian friendship today with you. What maybe sets it apart from other types of friendships, uh, secular friendship, or or just a friendship you might have in the world. And, um, we're, you know, we're, we're carrying over a verse that we talked about in our last episode, which is James 5.16. And so we were just kind of talking about, like, you know what? How many, how many friendships do I have that are at this level that um, when it says in James 5.16, you know, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that, that, that we would feel comfortable doing that. I mean, how many of those so deep, intimate relationships do we have where we trust people that, that well and they, they trust us that way? And that's a two-way road. And, um, and so I, I want to get back to that, right? I want to get to that level of, of friendship and just talk about it. And um, Proverbs 18.24 says, uh, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And we were built for deep, meaningful relationships. We were built, first and foremost, for a deep, meaningful relationship with God where we were fully known and we know him more and more as we grow. And uh, if you are married or have been married or um, even plan be plan to get married at some point, you kind of know, I hope, that that is the spousal relationship is intended to be very intimate. Um, but I do want to talk about what sets Christian friendship apart, Christian relationships apart. You see, in, in Christian relationships, um, the, the, one of the ways that they're significantly different because these are based on us both knowing the Lord, uh, and, and, and obviously having a shared framework of some other stuff. But there's, there's this interesting priority of a great Christian friend. You see, to have a really, really good Christian friend that, that kind of biblically meets uh, the mandates of, of what the Bible would say is a great friend, and, and what we'll actually, we'll find out that we need from a Christian friend. Three things will have to be true. The friend will have to love God first and most, more than us, more than anything else. They have to love God. Secondly, they they have to love the church, which is the body of Christ. Right? I don't mean the church, the building. I don't mean the church and organization. I mean the church, God's Jesus' bride, the body of Christ. They have to love them, and they have to actually love them more than us. So first God, then the church. And then thirdly, they got to love us. <laughs> Maybe that's intuitive. They got to love us uh, in order to be a great friend to us. But they got to love God, they got to love the church, they got to love us in that order. And I want to walk through why that is, right? So if you turn to John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. First Peter 2, 9 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So at the, the heart of this illustration that's being used again and again in the Bible, when we are saved by Christ, we're brought out of the darkness, which is a sinful, dysfunctional, broken world, into the light that is illuminated because of the gospel in us. In 2 Corinthians 6.14, though, it, it contrasts those two, and it says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? And what the Bible is saying is, 
boy, if you try to have this deep, intimate, meaningful relationship with someone who doesn't love the Lord, meaning is not saved, uh, that's not going to go well because they're antithetical. It's like water and oil. There's no way to mix the two. You can't mix light and dark. They don't have anything to do with one another. First John 1, 5 through 10 uh, extrapolates on that a little bit. It says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, that's God, while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Uh, that's an interesting, interesting thing. And the blood of Jesus, his sin, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's what's so interesting about that. It's not just that we're lying when we, we, we walk in darkness, we walk back in the ways of the world. Well, simultaneously saying that we love the Lord, which the Bible's saying is hypocritical and you're a liar, right? But it says this, and this is what I, I found so interesting. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And so there's just this requirement have real meaningful Christian fellowship, Christian relationship. The relationships that are explained in the Bible cannot be had between a Christian and a non-Christian. You'll, you'll never reach that level of intimacy with them because they're not of the light. They're still in the dark. So so they may be the OG. They may be your childhood best friend. They may be your ride or die, right? They could be all those things, but if they don't love Jesus, that you'll never be fully known. They can't love with a Christ-like love because they don't know what a Christ-like love is. And you can't trust their advice or their counsel or their logic or, or any, any, even their supposed wisdom because it actually says that the people of the world aren't wise anyways. So they got they got to they love God. <laughs> I mean, if you want deep, meaningful relationships and you're thinking about a great friend but that is not saved, that doesn't love the Lord. I mean, love. I don't mean just profess publicly Christ. I mean, love the Lord. You're going to have a difficult time ever, ever mimicking the type of relationship that is described in the Bible. Secondly, they got to love the church. Now, that's interesting, right? they got to love the church. We don't talk about the church a lot. We talk about they got to love me. Maybe I talk about they got to love God, but they love the church. And yet, actually, that's more important. It's, it's got to be a higher priority than just you. Uh, let me explain. Give me just a couple verses that kind of explain that. First John four twenty says, "If anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar who does not love his brother whom he has seen. For if he does not love his brother whom he has seen, he cannot love God whom he has not seen." That's interesting, right? His brother, not just me or you, though, right? Not just his friends, his brother in Christ. I think that's key. Uh, secondly. John 13, 34 and 35 says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's the church, the, the, the body of believers that's saying, listen, this is command that you, you have to love one another. And if you don't love your brother or sister in Christ, you don't really love the Lord. Um, Ephesians 4, 2, and 3 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. It's describing what 
it looks like to love the body of Christ, to love other believers. Now, why is it so important that you love the church? Well, one, God would say that if you don't love your brother and sister in Christ, that you you don't actually love him. So, right? so it's a test in some sense. But secondly, um, the Bible consistently talks about the church in these very cherished ways, right? The bride of Christ. And um, we have to love others in the church more than we love ourselves, consider them more than we consider ourselves, bear with their burdens. And in all of those things, there's this heightened um, concern of things that would impact the church, that would impact others. And so if I don't love the church more than I love you as your friend, then I have the potential to tell you some stuff maybe that it would be at odds, would hurt people in the church because I love you too much, right? I've, I've got to be, i got to look at the corporate church, the body of Christ, and have such a value for it that it matches the way Christ feels about it. So God first, the church second. And then i got to love you. I mean, obviously, to be a great friend, they got to love you. And if they don't love you, let's be honest, two things are going to happen if they don't love you. So they can love God and they love the church, so maybe a great... I'll pass or great church go or somebody else and whatever, but they don't really love you. Then, then one of two things can happen. They, they they'll often be overly harsh to you, right? Legalistic or harsh or mean because they don't love you. Or the opposite, they'll avoid conflict with you, because to love you is to be willing to walk into conflict with you, to correct you, to, to point out your blind spots, um, to get into the trenches with you, to deal with the mess, right? Even when it would be easier to just avoid it. That's to love you, and so. Um, if you've wrote down names of people that were like your really close relationships in our last episode, I would love to for you to just use sort of this filter as you look at them. And that is to the, the people that are closest to me, love God, love the church, and love me in that order. Love God, love the church, and love me in that order. That's for you to just sort of consider about the closest relationships that you have. Um and whether or not those things are true. Until next time, guys, love you. I'll talk to you soon.